We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. B. Mitchell Finley, 106.7 The Fan. You hear that song. It means it's time to talk to Pete Haley, NBC Sports Washington, the Washington Football Talk podcast. Pedro, what up, man? How you doing, buddy? Good afternoon, JP, and hello there, Brian and Landfill and Jeff Walker. What up, Peter? Uh, Pete, I want to ask you the question we've been asking folks all day. What are your expectations for an Eric Bieniemy offense? Uh, well, I'll start with a very basic word, and that is better. I'm expecting a better offense. I think it's going to be uh, one that emphasizes including the best players more often. I don't think there's going to be games in the 2023 season where we look up in the second quarter and see that Terry McLaurin doesn't have a target and Jahan Dotson has one target and like Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson have a bunch of carries. I think the enemy coming from the Chiefs where they just pelted Hill and pelted Kelsey with targets knows that these types of really top-notch players need the ball and they need to be schemed open because defenses know how good they are, but the offense the onus is on them to get them involved. And I think the enemy is going to do that. And I think that'll make them better. And I also think it's just going to be a better offense down in the red zone and down in these short yarded situations. I'm not uh, expecting, you know, Eric to completely overhaul this thing and make it a top five unit on his own. That that's crazy. No coach in the NFL can really elevate a unit from 20th. Like the commanders were to top five on his own. The O-line needs to be better. And Sam Howell needs to, uh, deliver for all the people who are really excited about him. But I think the enemy with his just football smarts and his experience under Andy Reid knows how to get guys open and will get the right guys open more often than not. And that's going to do this offense a lot of good. I'm going to put Pete on hold. Lambeau, see if you get him to park his car or something. He sounds like, yeah, sounds like, little, sounds like me in Arizona. Um, I, I think there's <clears throat> understandably a ton of excitement for the enemy. I, I think – the expectation that it'll immediately happen, I think, is a little misguided. You, there's still so much that needs to happen before we get to September and this offense all of a sudden starts cooking with gas. I think that, that's true, but it's, it's true and it's not true. Terry caught over 1,000 yards receiving last year, didn't he? Two, yeah. Two Jahan had like seven touchdowns, didn't he? Yeah. You add to that and make them better, Terry could have 12, 1,400 yards receiving. Jahan could possibly have seven, eight touchdowns again. Then you start having a little bit more creativity with these running backs and things like that. It could be a hell of a difference. Here's the biggest question, I think. Combined quarterback play last year for the Commanders, 62% completion percentage, average about 220 a game, 24 touchdowns, 16 picks. Mm-hmm. You think it's going to be better than that this year? I would I would hope so. I think if you get that, if that – I, I think – Looking at the play, the, the plays that they walked in the end zone, Kansas City did. If if you are not married to your scheme and you can be getting some of those plays and, and watching what other teams do and adding it. See, the problem with this team last year is we did the same crap every week around the same time, same downs, all that stuff. 
Kansas City runs an offense, but they implement plays from teams that played that same team that they played the week before and had success against them. Just having that added to your offense makes it more makes it more potent. Got Pete back here. Pete, the, the commanders passing last year as a total, not looking at specific players, but total, they completed 62% of their passes for about 220 a game, 24 touchdowns, 16 picks. Do you think Howell can outperform that this fall? I think he can, but I think people who are assuming that it's automatic or just ready to completely buy in are tricking themselves. I mean, it's really hard to gauge a guy off of 19 regular season throws and then 16 weeks of being the third or second string quarterback where he's just hanging out at practice and no one except for people on the team can see him progress. It's a big assumption, but I think the stuff around him can hopefully be better. Uh, Sorry about my breaking up phone, but I was basically saying that I think the enemy can make the offense a lot better just by getting the skill guys involved and having Hal be a distributor as opposed to a guy who needs to make all these tight window throws. I think the offensive line will just be better because this team knows it has to be better and they will improve it via free agency and the draft. So um, if Sam Howell can just be average and then you elevate everything around him, you follow the Brock Purdy method, you follow uh, the method that happens when you don't have a Mahomes and you just try and build up the team around him, then yes, I think Sam Howell can, can at least match those numbers. And then if he's anything good, if he's this first-round caliber prospect that was there before that final season in North Carolina and then he took a step back because he lost a lot around him, then, yeah, I think he can absolutely throw for 25 and 13. And while those aren't huge numbers in today's NFL, they're definitely huge numbers for what the commanders have been used to. And I think also just being a little bit more non-predictable, I mean unpredictable, where you come out on a play where it seems to be a running down or whatever, and you do something else. You put them in a formation and try something. That right there, the creativity is totally to me. And when to do something and not do it is going to make a difference. Right. And, and the creativity is definitely um, necessary. And uh, there's this, you know, there's a stat out there, pass rate above expectation, where, you know, if you're in a situation where you typically would run it, or at least in the past teams have run it, but you throw it, then your pass rate above expectation is higher. And in that first week, when Carson Wentz looked like just the savior for the franchise, the commander's pass rate above expectation was way, way high. And then it was in the second week too. But then, Throughout the year from there, it's slowly deteriorated. It slowly got worse. And I think the enemy can hopefully have this team higher in that statistic. You don't want to just be throwing it to throw it. But if you throw it in spots where the defense is expecting you to run it, that can be a really good way to manufacture yards. But then beyond the creativity and the aggressiveness, it's knowing when to call certain plays. I'm sure Scott Turner, I'm sure Pat Shermer and Ken Zampisi and every coordinator has a playbook just with these beautiful plays that they can't wait to get to but either they get to them in the wrong spots or they aren't setting them up properly. And that's where you hope the enemy can do better is that not only does he have these gorgeous plays, but he knows when to deploy them so you get the maximum value. I mean, Scott Turner, I remember one game last year, I think it was in that Lions game, the Lions did a a flea flicker kind of crazy play. And then a quarter later, the commanders did it. And it felt like Turner was doing it more so just to be like, yeah, I can do that too, as opposed to, using it at the right moment. So mm-hmm. the enemy with his creativity, but also knowing when to be that creative self can, uh, can elevate this unit. Definitely. I think he's definitely going to make them better, but I would stress again that he cannot be the end all be all. He needs better players to do it with. You're right by that. Landfill, which like, ver- a, like an offensive line, right? Which, mm. which version, which version of Pete's phone do you prefer? The weird demon voice or this constantly cracking up voice? I'm, 
Landfill can weigh in on that when the time comes. Um, we understand that you need a you need a rebuilt O line. You need to invest in the O line. I'm not sure how broadly that will go. There's a big assumption that Howell can can be ready. We're talking about a guy with 11 career completions. What's the level of autonomy for Eric Bieniemy, Pete? I, I think, you know, Scott Turner had autonomy right until he didn't when Ron walked in there and told him to start running the ball way more. Like, what are the chances that happens? Hmm. I would again apologize for my phone. I'm one block away from your office. I should have just come inside and, and done it on the microphones old school, but uh, assuming you can hear me still, I think it should be total <laughs> autonomy, and I hope that that's what Ron sold Eric on, and that's why Eric came here. I don't think Eric would have left what I'm calling the Kansas City cocoon because Ron was like, yeah, I'll let you do most of the stuff you want, but when we want to run the ball and when I want to do this on fourth you down, you're going to listen to me. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, and I hope, and I know it's hard with egos and coaches and everybody wants to have their say, but I hope Ron gives Eric everything. He doesn't need personnel control, but maybe he can give him a couple ex-Chiefs players or maybe an ex-Chiefs coach that Eric wants. But on game days and on coming up with the game plans, and on who Eric wants to throw it with and who Eric wants to run it with, that needs to be completely the enemy. I think it will be from the start. And then if things go poorly, I really hope Ron has the patience and the wherewithal to let this guy figure himself out because maybe it is going to be a little bit rough in the beginning without Mahomes and Reed and, and doing his own show. But I would imagine if you're giving Eric a two-year deal, associate head coach, and he's got this reputation that we're all really excited about, he's got to have the smarts to just make this work on his own. And uh, Ron better just chill. I, Ron is not the best uh, in-game guy. I think a lot of us agree with that. Let's see what Eric can do with just complete control. Mm-hmm. Talking with Pete Haley from the Washington Football Talk podcast. You can follow him at Pete Haley NBCS. Pete joins us via the BetQL guest line. What do you say to the skeptics that wonder why the enemy came here in the first place? Well, I'd say two things. One. I completely get it. Um, Coming here has not really worked for the grand majority of coaches, players, front office folks, and especially now with the uncertainty at the top, it's very risky. And Eric is uh, taking a very big risk here. He could have hung out with the Chiefs. I know his contract wasn't renewed, but I doubt Reed would have just kicked him to the curb. He could have gone back to the Chiefs and hoped another year more jobs would have opened up and he could have ended up elsewhere. But then I would turn around and say, In the NFL, one thing I've learned a lot, I personally am very cautious and very scared of taking risks, but people who have made it to the NFL are guys who are willing to bet on themselves, trust themselves, and trust that they're going to be able to win, whether it's at a job or in a game or in a situation, one-on-one battle. These guys have to have complete certainty that they are going to come out on top. So the enemy, I'm sure, is well aware of Snyder and the commander's Mm -hmm. cloud that is always over this franchise. But he is thinking that he can outbeat it. He can can outpace it and outdo it. Now, whether he does it is going to be an uphill battle because every battle here is uphill. But the enemy has to have that alpha male, I'm smart, I can handle this, this is my opportunity, it's my time to go out and prove myself. And I think that's why he came here ultimately because he knows if he does prove himself here, and that will hopefully be the last barrier to the head coaching job he so badly wants. I've, I've totally never agree. heard outbeat it. That's a new. Uh, that's a new one. Man. That's a new one. Yeah, that's why I then said outpace and outdo because I was trying to bury the outbeat, which is just not a word. <laughs> that I mean. uh, I, I, so that is what you say to the skeptical skeptical conspiracy theorists. What do you say to the 
I suppose, optimistic or or reaching conspiracy theorists that the enemy's only taking this job because he gets next in line to be the head coach and that possibly he's already talked to a new owner about becoming the head coach. I would think that is a bit of a reach um, because, look, I think the enemy, JP, we did this in our most recent podcast episode, where is Eric the enemy in 2024? And I think the Eric Bieniemy being the head coach is such a skinny path. I think if it goes the way we all want it to go, then Eric is going to use this as a very quick stepping stone. He's going to hopefully set Sam Howell for success and unlock Terry McLaurin. But this time next year, he's going to be saying bye to those guys and thanking them for helping uh, solidify his position in the league so he could then take a head coaching job. And if it goes poorly, if Eric doesn't succeed outside of Kansas City or Sam Howell isn't, that good or good at all, then I think this whole thing is going to be uh, just firebombed. Everybody's going to be on an exodus. And I don't think that new owner is going to come in and say, I'm going to get rid of the head coach, the DC, these players, but I'm going to keep the offensive coordinator. So I think it's just a really, really tight uh, path for Biennemi to be the head coach here. I think he's going to be a head coach somewhere very soon, but for him to be uh, Ron's replacement, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'd either be following Ron out the door or he's leaving on his own. Him sticking around and Ron leaving is is just very hard for me to see right now. Mm. I, if Ron is being forced out, it's probably because the season didn't go well. And if the season doesn't go well, I don't think it's because the offense was really good and the defense was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even with Ron, like, even if the season goes pretty well, I think it's going to be hard to see Ron stick around. Like, a, a 10 and 7, but you lose in the playoffs, that'd be a pretty well in terms of how the season goes. But I don't think that's enough to just completely bowl over whoever this owner is. If so they I go 10 and 7, gotta go. he's sticking gonna around. Be a problem. If they go 10 and 7, he sticks around. That, that's a, it's a very, uh, you know, random bet, but I think Possibly. maybe you and I should, should engage in that bet. I think 10 and 7, sure, making the playoffs, whatever, how it looks. It's stuff to totally project, but I think for a new owner, and I've never covered a new owner, so this is complete uh, guessing, but I think a new owner, he's going to have to be totally convinced that this head coach who is basically 500 and who's been coaching for forever uh, is on the upswing. I don't see that happening. I think it's got to be like 12 and 5 or else the owner's going to say, good try, Ron, but I'm going to start over completely anew. I I don't agree with that. I, I mean – I think if you are going to, if you have to start over, you start over when you get here. Otherwise, if you're going to let a guy coach and they go ten and seven, you're not going to make a change then. I, now, could new there be, ownership right. can change the. Can could there totally be change? I think you can see changes to the structure for they sure. May change that whole thing. That's true. I, I mean, I guess we'll find out. Going ten and seven and losing a playoff game would would be a a, a tremendous way to figure it all out. I'd much rather find out that way than seven and ten, and we're all like, wait a second. We were all convinced Sam Howell was going to the Pro Bowl and the O-line was good. Uh, Pete, thank you for the time, buddy. Appreciate Hi, Pete. you. Yes, thank you, guys. That's Pete Haley. Give him a follow at Pete Haley NBCS. Going to check in with the rest of the league, specifically the Giants and Daniel Jones, when we return on B. Mitchell Finley. Hey, it's Brian Mitchell here. FanDuel Sportsbook is here to help you make every moment more for all your favorite sports and all your favorite teams. Right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up by going to FanDuel.com slash Brian, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. As I said earlier, the NBA now is in the second half of the season where we see real basketball. I think the bets are going to get juicy right now, and I get those $1,000 back in bonus bet, that's where I'll be laying my money. 
I also love uh, betting on FanDuel because they have great promotions every day. When you win, you get paid fast, and the app is safe and secure. There's no better place to bet every major sport than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So go to FanDuel.com slash Brian, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, and get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 106.7 The Fan. You have to be 21 years old, the president of Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.